Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Roaster Warm Sessions podcast. Uh, today we're going to be touching up a little bit on, not a little bit, a lot of actually, on Sergi's just recent return from a lot, a lot, a lot of competition. Um, recently just returning from competing in or is it qualifiers? Is that what they call it? Or mm-hmm. yeah, so Brewers Cup qualifiers, as well as uh, a little earlier on Cup tasters, um, which Sergi will be progressing into. What what do they call it? I have no idea what these terminologies. <laughs> um, are. No, it's all part of U.S. Coffee Champs. I don't know if everyone knows uh, U.S. Coffee Champs is its own entity now. They're not oh, technically yeah, that's, that's tied to the news. Specialty Coffee yeah. Association. So. Yeah, basically it's a national competition yeah. for different areas in coffee. There's barista, coffee and good spirits, latte art. I always mix it up with Coffee Fest because Coffee Fest and U.S. Coffee Champs right. are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Brewer's Cup competition, Cup Tasters competition as well. Those are all in the same category, yeah, yeah but yeah. different elements of competition. Most people should probably be familiar with that. If you don't, go on YouTube, tap in some... You know, there's like James Hoffman's, uh, right? His uh, his routine that he did or something oh, online right. and plenty of other people. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, but that being said, uh, this is just a side note. What do you do you think it's good or bad that they separated themselves from SCA? SCA is on a little dicey run of all kinds of um, <laughs> spicy, spicy decision making. Yeah, that's a very dicey competition. I would say broadly speaking, I... Uh, I think one of the sad parts about competition is a lot of people underestimate the amount of money and time and energy that competitors put in to do these competitions. And a lot of the times there's really no reward apart from the fact that you uh, love the craft and you're a competitive person and you want to be the best. Um, So the reward is sometimes as much as you get to claim the fact that you're the u.s barista champion or the u.s cup tasters champion and you get to go to worlds and compete against the rest of the world so imagine training for the olympics and never getting a gold medal or getting any money um or that's not exactly what i'm saying there but that's about it and i part of separating from a bigger organization into its own is financial. Like you need to have sponsors, you need to have people investing money into this and you need to have some kind of scaling model in order to make this sustainable long-term. And if it's not sustainable long-term and competitors are just like myself spending thousands of dollars to do this and then come home and now have to like figure out what they need to do with their rent like just um, figuratively and broadly speaking here, but it doesn't make it a sustainable model where you can actually inspire and influence people to continue competing in this way. Um, so that that's one thing. Like it's it's really really hard to compete. Um, Are you saying that it's gonna be it's gonna make this even more challenging? That now they're kind of separate entities. I I can't. I can't exclusively say that, but But I'm saying I'm speculatively speaking, U.S. Coffee Champs is a new organization. The Specialty Coffee Association has been for years. So U.S. Coffee Champs is not as established and it's all they're all nonprofits. 
Um, if you, if anyone wants to, I, I believe everyone knows that the SCA is not a for-profit business. It's a nonprofit. Everyone gets a salary. Giannis gets a salary. Everyone gets a salary there, but it's not a for-profit business. So. Yeah. Do you think, so do you think that will be, this move is going to be beneficial long-term for coffee champs or not quite? We'll see. What do you think? I don't know. What they want. I don't know. We'll see. Right. Right. Um, okay. The goal is to the, uh, obviously like set U.S. Coffee Champs being its uh, entity is the goal is to make it better. It's not to make it worse, mm-hmm. right? So the goal is to grow it. We'll see how it happens. Yeah. Well, so I'm about you to kick off the pod. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's not it's hot again. Phone? Like, you know, like I, in no, the cup. I, no, I think this is, I think it's pretty hot. Hmm. We've had a worse for sure. This is a blend of varietals. It's a Katura, Pink Bourbon, and a Geisha little blend blendy blend varietal blend i was gonna say it definitely has some of those like juicy yeah that those like you know the punchy acidity that's in there mm-hmm. um but yeah no solid um the i think the brew is not the, the most optimal for it but i just don't know what i would fix but i think you could probably squeeze some more some more goodies out of here I went slightly finer than our previous one, but because mm-hmm. we went with the smaller dose, so yeah, but no complaints, um, uh, friends. That is the uh, Las Perlitas Lot Three, I think, or Lot Two, whatever's mm-hmm. on there. Um, coffee from Portable. Um, Las Perlitas uh, seems like it's catching a little bit of traction. I'm seeing hmm. it in a few, few more places in. A handful of other roasters. Um, Who else carries it? Coffees. Um, man, I saw it somewhere else, but I also saw it that just now, actually, some timber dropped a collab with Dayglow. Oh, nice. That That's cool. Las Palitas, which is yeah. Cool. Um, I think that's, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it in, like, just scrolling through on Instagram. <laughs> um, some of the other roasters had it, so. Nice. That's cool. It's a solid coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's let's just walk this through from almost kind of like start to end. Mm-hmm. Dive in a little bit about your prep. Um, maybe, and then maybe just divide it into like prep versus actually competing. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, um, what was it? What was it like? preparing for this but especially what was your coffee selection like mm-hmm. um, this I, I also want to preface this with saying this is Sergi's this was Sergi's first time competing at you know US Coffee Champs especially for Brewers Cup mm-hmm. so ju- just just to give you a, a little bit more context but yeah. what was your coffee selection prep or I guess what do you choose do you choose the coffee first 
or where 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 are you starting yeah. off with? Or are you writing your routine first and kind of your story? Um, I guess, but you also need a little bit of the coffee as well. Um, kind of, because first you have to make sure that you get into a competition. Right. Um, so you have to like you have to apply, you have to go through all the logistics, and you actually have to like commit to doing a competition before you can select your coffee. Um, to be honest, last year when I applied, I was going to use a whole different coffee, but that was a thing. I've applied multiple times to compete, and um, until this year, I was just not ready, and I can't fully say that this year I was ready. I was just like in a better place to actually be like, you know what, no matter what, I'm just going to send it, um, because the last two years have just been very difficult to make time to compete, and this year I was like, nothing is going to stand in my way. I'm just going to do this, and I had the support to actually execute on that, so it was just that that was the main thing um but i've always wanted to do brewers cup before i dive into any other element of competition um one you know we always talk about the fact that like pouring and making coffee at home is probably a filter coffee rather than doing espresso because espresso has requires so much more money to buy a machine and a good grinder and all of that but doing a pour over at home is where we kind of all started in that place where we're just making a coffee for a loved one. That is like the crux of most of our journeys in coffee, including like myself, you know? So that element of it is what always has inspired me. Like, Hey, I want to do brewer's cup because that's where it started for me. Um, but I kind of tweaked it a little bit because earlier this year I did cup tasters, which is a whole different competition. You don't select, you show up with a cupping spoon and you have to make sure you're really good at tasting coffee and very accurate and very quick, which I did qualify, um, into nationals for that one. And I was actually one selection off from being fifth overall, which is a bummer. I was so close. Um, but I qualified, so that's all that matters. Um, with that said, when I came to Brewers, the reason I did that was, again, a friend of mine, um, Antoine, influenced me and said, dude, like, you do this for a living. Like, you do this at Narrative. Y'all cup co- a lot of coffees. Y'all basically uh, dial in coffees every morning. Like, mirror cups coffees. You uh, are part of a roasting company. Like, you do this for a living this shouldn't be that difficult, which is kind of true, but also there's no such thing in competition as, oh, it's just not that easy. You don't, there's no such thing as just showing up to comp and being like, oh, sick. Like I don't need to practice. Everyone trains. Like there were times when I was training for cup tasters and basically throwing up after cupping 300 coffees in two hours. Like it's, it's intense. It's a lot. It's just like, it's very intense. Um, but, but it's more probably, he is meaning more probably like the, where your where your headspace and your confidence is as like you're not like a noob who didn't just walk off the street like you have you have yeah. a good amount of like years of experience you know it's not your first time cupping your coffee and tasting you know yeah then that 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 is fair but competition is that's the thing is like it's it's a whole different ball game competition is a game like we are uh, we are in we are competing according to someone else's rules. We don't set the rules. We read the rules. We observe the rules. The rules sometimes change and we play by the rules. And sometimes you have to do things in competition that you wouldn't normally do, whether it's at home or in a cafe, of course, yeah. because you have to play by the rules. And that's the hardest thing. It is a game. Um, and the question is not, 
you know, necessarily like what's the best way to brew a cup of coffee or what's the best way to do this. The question is how can you win this game? Right. Right. Uh, so, so when it came to me approaching competition, I knew like what my, what my narrative would be that, that was the core crux of my narrative was everything I shared earlier about understanding that some of our first moments and experiences with coffee were at home. Uh, and like home was always not only like a safe space to brew coffee and mess up because why no one's looking right no one really cares if you don't can't taste coffee also like no one is really watching whether you time or mistime a pulse no one it's just you and yourself maybe you get to discuss this with a loved one like maybe you get to discuss this with a friend or a family member like you have the opportunity but then if you're discussing this with a friend or a family member or a loved one they are a safe space so there's this idea of um of having that safe space and then the other side of it is now with social media and the advancement of technology we've just seen this increase of homebrewing communities right and now we're talking about people who have EKs, monoliths, like Webers at home, people who have more gear at home than most of us have in cafes yeah. and people who have more time and money to invest into specialty coffee than most um, cafes have to, you know, upgrade their gear. So we have this other conversation now that is around um, quote unquote sustainability because these home brewers are creating these coffee bars even creating home cafes now and they're buying specialty coffee. So therefore they do play a role in sustainability and this long-term effect on how we roast coffee as roasting companies or also how, you know, cafes buy coffee. A lot of these home brewers will show up to a cafe and buy a bag of coffee, right? If the cafe sells a bag of coffee, then the farmer gets to sell more green. So there's that trickle-down effect. So home brewing and the growth of home baristas at home, it plays a very crucial role to sustainability and the growth of the coffee industry. Um, I mean, think about the Instagram accounts that we follow. Think about some of our friends who went from home brewers to influencers to reviewers, to roasting uh, roasting company owners, and we see that happening. So there's this opportunity that for some, brewing at home has created careers as influencers. You know, for others, it's created an opportunity to geek out on extraction. Like Jonathan Gagne is or was a home brewer, right? Because by nature, he's not a he wasn't a coffee professional. He was a home brewer. And now he is basically like defining a lot of elements of how we brew at home. He geeking out on extraction and writing books about it, you know. But then for many of us, like myself primarily, like brewing coffee at home is just an intimate ritual with a loved one. And we also play a major role in sustainability of coffee, you know. So that that was the crux of that of what I wanted to communicate. And because uh, I fell in love with my favorite coffee in the world is from Mikava Estate. All I knew was like I wanted to compete with a Mikava Estate coffee. Um, and the beauty of that is Narrative has a very, very um, strong and long partnership with Mikava Estate with uh, Paul and Kevin. So it was it was awesome that not only did I 
already know the coffee because of narrative and I've experienced it. But now I had a in into the relationship to now connect with Kevin and to talk to Kevin on the phone and then process and understand like what this coffee is really about, hear the history from Kevin. But I the, the cool thing is like when I got on the phone with him, like he was like, oh, you know, your name is not like, you're you're not an Amer- English American name here like so we just talked about family he has family from Europe we dove into like such personal things like I mean I don't even know how much I should disclose but we even dove uh talking about nonviolence and like pacifism like we just started chatting and like I think the first 30 minutes plus is just us talking about life and that whole conversation with Kevin really felt again like home So my whole narrative, this whole idea, this through line of what I wanted to share and experience in Brewers Cup was happening with now Kevin, the coffee producer and the owner of Macava Estate. Um, So that, that was a big thing. When it comes to like cupping specifically the coffee, we had a few samples. We chose a coffee that we really, really wanted. Um... And there's a lot, a lot of things you can say about Macava coffees. You've had Macava coffees, right? Um they're they're absolutely amazing um when it comes to clean naturals i've never had a clean natural that compares to a macava coffee or when it comes to um basically uh when it comes to geishas i've never had a geisha that was as complex as a macava geisha um so that that is what intrigued me it was both big in flavor but big in complexity and a lot of the times the reason you and i don't like a lot of naturals is because they're kind of boring they're kind of one-dimensional um but because of how mikava processes their coffees they're all uh, i think majority of them or all the coffees i cupped were carbonic uh, macerated uh, natural processed geishas and there was another varietal i don't remember if it was a cedra or sudan rumi um one of those var- other varietals but i chose the geisha uh, so they're processed through um, carbonic maceration and the processing is very very clean and a lot a lot of this is already well known within the competition circles but there's an element that uh really excited me when kevin was sharing about it is they take um mosto uh, which is a leachate from a previous fermentation. So they leach a little bit of bacteria and yeast from a previous uh, fermentation and then take that little bacteria and put it in the tank. So it's a little bit of a passed down fermentation from all of their batches that is going back into the tank. And what it does is it allows and gives more control behind the fermentation process. So now the fermentation is accelerated and it kind of like kickstarted and you don't have to keep the coffee fermenting for as long. So you can get a lot of the flavor with not long fermentation times. And then because it's in a sealed and controlled stainless steel tank where they get to monitor and control all of the elements, the coffees come back absolutely clean. So that's why like, I, I fell in love with that coffee. And to this day, I probably have not had a better coffee in my life than any of the Macavas, including one of my competition coffees. So it was fairly easy to choose that coffee. Plus meeting Kevin on the phone and talking to him just fully aligned with what I wanted to talk about. Um, so that was a very long rant. I think that's the whole episode. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more to competition. Why, you know, what gear I use and why and all that. Yeah. Okay. So given that 
the rant about homebrewers, the intimacy, what what role did that even play in your in the whole in whole competition? Like, um, but I, and where I'm going with that is give people just a slight, small little in a nutshell glimpse as to do you present that to the judges or exact, what's, what's the yeah. give it give us a little rundown just for those who maybe yeah. are may not may not be super familiar with how these things go um give us a little insight into that that's what i just shared is the extended version of exactly what i told the judges cool and what what why is that like um what do you need to prepare for the judges uh what i mean by that is like yeah. your routine what literally like just in a nutshell explain what routine has anything to do with this? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Give people some, some, yeah, yeah, some insight into that. Uh, I mean, again, without like unpacking the score sheet, like we would have to unpack a lot of the score sheet and talk mm -hmm. about the score sheet um, in order to get into the very technical elements. I mean, the goal of Brewers Cup is very simple. Uh, brew, especially for qualifiers, that is, brew three cups of coffee individually in under ten minutes with a presentation and a story around the, either the coffee or a narrative. That's it. Um, but your narrative also has to hit different elements of why you're brewing, what you're brewing, and how you're brewing. Gotcha. So my narrative basically defined what gear I was using to brew. Um, mm -hmm. Did I execute and communicate that perfectly? I definitely not. I, c I could have done way better. Right. Um, and then on top of that narrative, you have to technically present the coffee and say like, okay, let's say I used this grinder, this brewer, this water. This is why I did it because one, this is what I want to communicate. Mm -hmm. But two, this is why it was the best way to brew and create and to brew this cup of coffee. Like mm -hmm. why was this coffee roasted this way? Why was this coffee processed this way? So for every element in your routine, you have to give a reason as to what it does and why it does it for the coffee. Um, gotcha. So it's very, gotcha. very technical. That makes sense. Um, and so as you're brewing these three cups of coffee, you're actually like ex explaining all this to yeah. uh, you know a panel of judges. Were there three judges or something with score yeah. sheets? There's five yeah. judges. Yeah. You mentioned five. You mentioned ten minutes, three cups of coffee. My yeah. mouth goes, okay, that's, you know, if I'm brewing a single cup, that's three minutes a brew, which means that's nine minutes that leaves you with one minute extra, but that's not what you're doing. No. So give us a little sneak peek. How do you smash, how'd you create the recipe and how'd you smash three cups plus grinding and preparing them um, into a 10 minute, sub 10 minute and I'm assuming you probably didn't use all 10 minutes, correct? Uh, I actually didn't, no. And, and yeah. that was actually a fault. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, uh, okay. no, I wasn't docked for it. I right, just didn't use my time. Could've I could have done more. more. Yeah. yeah. So, so give uh, us a on top sneak. of that, you have to call anywhere from 20 to 50 uh, calls, flavor calls. Flavor calls. Or That's not flavor as in taste, but uh, characteristics. Characteristics That's like of the coffee. Aroma. Yeah. Taste. What, what else? Sweetness, acidity, Sweetness, acidity. mouth, and uh, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. So you you really have to get to know your coffee like really yep. really well. So how'd you give us? Let us know how'd you build this recipe for you for it to give you enough time. It also has to be pretty consistent from cup to cup. It also has to be somewhat easy to brew because you're also communicating while you're pouring. Mm -hmm. Like 
there's a lot of things going on. What what was your what was your ending recipe? What you would you end yeah. up doing? Uh, so the recipe that I came up with was a riff and basically influenced by Josh Modisette, who has previously competed in U.S. Brewers, and he was also one of my coaches. Um, Josh basically created a recipe that allowed you to pulsate in a way that you can brew three cups of coffee all at the same time. And that's really what every single person does Mm -hmm. during brewers. You have to be brewing three cups of coffee. So the question comes down to is uh, what's the best you can do and what brewer you can utilize that you can basically execute on that. Mm -hmm. So there's what I said earlier is you're not necessarily saying like, how can I get this coffee to taste like, quote unquote, the best possible, Mm -hmm. right? You're saying, how can I make this coffee taste the best possible within this context? Right. So that means that just because somebody won, you know, national U.S. Brewers Cup or Worlds, it's probably, it may not be the best tasting cup that you can get if you're brewing one cup at home. That doesn't mean that you just need to flock to their recipe. Maybe. And assume that it's going to taste good, right? That's, yeah, maybe. Like, I honestly thought that my coffee, my competition coffee, tasted probably some of the best I've I've ever brewed. Okay. That's for sure. sure. it worked out. Yeah, so cool. it worked out. But again, I'm not, that's not like, what I'm saying is like, that's not the point. Yeah, The yeah, point yeah. is to brew an exceptional cup of coffee that hits all the points mm-hmm. within that context. So gotcha. that's the point. Um, for, again, for me, like I tried everything. I tried sea breeze filters. I mm-hmm. was sold. I was like, man, I'm going to use fast filters and I'm going to use the Comandante because that's a proven fact. I've done my research like this and that. None of those worked. Mm-hmm. So I didn't use the sea breeze filters. I didn't use the Comandante. Then I tried other grinders. I did try the EK. I didn't use the EK because like my coffee wasn't tasting good it, hmm. with those grinders, at least not the way I wanted it to taste. Um, so I had to make a different choice, but then again, that choice played off really, really well within, again, my script, this and this and that created more drama. And also I created more drama because things happened the week of competition right. with my grinder. Um, but what I was going to say is like that, that was my thought process also behind selecting gears. I had to make sure, okay, this is the gear that not only do I want to present and talk about because of my storyline, mm-hmm. but this is also the gear that my coffee is going to taste the best with. Gotcha. You used a, a Gen 1 Ode with Gorilla Gear Burr, is that correct? Yeah. Right on. Stepless with a bellow. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, cool. Yeah. So you did all this prep. Um, how much, give us just a little sneak peek. I want to get to actually competing a little more, but what was, what was prep like? How much are you, I mean, of course you kind of had tasters, which kind of got in the way and pushed everything behind schedule. Um, what were you, what does prep look like? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> gosh, what I would like to have prep look like is way more run throughs and talking about it. Um, the challenge was again, yeah, I did cup tasters, I trained for cup tasters uh, twice a week and then filled in to write my script in between cup tasters for brewers. But I also didn't have my coffee till I was at qualifiers for cup tasters is Mm -hmm. when I was being roasted. Um, And then in between, I helped open up a cafe in Chicago. So I was in Chicago with the cafe owners. Um, 
I was there during for four days while my coffee was just being roasted. Um, so I came back from that and then had, um, I think it was like a six or seven day turnaround before I was already at um, qualifiers mm-hmm. for brewers. So I had to come up with that. And not only that, like I'm also like co-parenting a child. So I have my daughter because I was gone for two weeks and had to figure out how to do that. And again, the drama behind the grinder was the fact that I went to clean my grinder and lost my auger key and didn't have my competition grinder for four days. So I couldn't do a run through. Uh, So a a lot of things went weird. Like I literally uh, had to go and source my serving vessels up to Vancouver, Mm -hmm. BC, because those are the vessels I wanted to use. And those were the vessels that I could easily find without getting stuff shipped. I didn't have time to get, get stuff shipped. Right, right. Um, not only that, I didn't even have three carafes to brew coffee in. So I had to go find those. Like, And we got those uh, the day I was flying to uh, Maryland, to Beth- Bethesda, to D.C. I got my serving of, uh, crafts. And then I get to competition and I had, I didn't have enough scales. So I, Josh Mata said again, one of my coaches got me some scales. So this is all prep, right? Like you don't like, this is all part of prep and like prep is not only being able to execute. This is how do you find the money to buy everything? You, you have to buy at that. Mm-hmm. No one's giving you that. No one's giving you three Akaya scales. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's giving you three brewers. Like you have to buy all that. No one's giving you a set. Like there's a lot of time and money invested or you have coffee companies that are supporting and sponsoring you. So you have to buy all that or you have coffee companies that are willing to support and sponsor you like narrative help a lot. Like if it wasn't for narrative, I wouldn't be competing Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, So that helped out and that made it happen. But then again, like some of the things that I had to do was uh, I had to do run throughs and I only did basically one run through the night before I flew out. Mm -hmm. I did a run through in Everett. I left Everett, came home at 11 PM and started packing to leave on my trip. Um, woke up, uh, had a 12 hour, uh, travel day, went to bed at 2 AM, woke up at 5 AM and did a run through in the house. Um, then went from there at eight o'clock. I was already, um, getting ready for my, the stage. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Absolute insanity. So it's wild, but yeah, that's that. Um, of course, as everyone probably knows, did not qualify for nationals. Um, landed pretty bad. I missed uh, to kind of sum everything up. I just had I missed a lot of flavor calls. My coffee mm-hmm. scored as high as eight out of nine um, for some judges, uh, and then I missed just a lot of categories of flavor calls. There was quite a bit missed more probably about 50 percent that i should have missed and what i learned from that was you need to call flavor um calls or any kind of uh calls you need to make very specific so if you're calling something you need to describe what you're calling mm-hmm. so next time gotcha you know. um one last thing you mentioned um you have to dial in a coffee for compulsory, yeah. Compulsory. Give us, uh, we're, we need to lay in the plane we here, do. but yeah. but give us a little sneak peek into what that looks like. Um, that's also, I what didn't. What happens? That, that's also like, that, that was also a hard part. Um, you basically have, I believe it's 37 minutes. Uh, you get a coffee of 37 minutes to dial in it, a coffee. 
a mystery coffee. You have no idea. You have no idea. They don't tell you the origin. They don't tell you the processing mm-hmm. method, the roast. They just have a Ziploc bag of beans. So dial this in. Like, sick. And it's a grinder I've never used before. It was a bent, Bentwood. Ah, uh, Bentwood. Okay. Yeah. That was my first time using a Bentwood. I yeah. went over to one of their reps and had him give me a run through. And then Isaiah Sheesh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Isaiah Sheesh gave me some pointers. He's like, you should probably do this. I was like, sick, dude. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, um, basically dial in a coffee and then make sure that you can brew it three cups again within 10 minutes. For the judges? Yeah. Okay. But you don't oh. talk about it. You don't do anything. Yeah, judges yeah. are standing on the They're side watching tasting. competitors. Nice. They just take your tray and take it to the back and gotcha. then taste it. That's it. Wow. So. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. That's like way more complex than I'm assuming cup tasters or even my little taste of roasters yeah. was like. You just drop it off and you're good to go. You say, you know, yeah. a few minutes and well, qualifiers so. for roasters also different. I was hanging out with Jason Calloway, mm-hmm. uh, my old boss, right? Because he was doing owner. he was at qualifiers. Yeah, he was, yeah. How did he qualify? No, he didn't. But you have to roast in person. Oh yeah, that's right. With on their a machine, with, on, with their machine with their whoever sponsors. It was, yeah. was it strongholds again? Stronghold, yeah. Gosh, so you have to roast in person again. They give you some green beans. You have to roast. Wow. You have a practice session, then you have to do a comp. And for Jason, one of the things he mentioned was that the temperature in the building was like something like 15 or 20 degree difference from day one to day two. So. Wow. No one takes that into account when they're talking about comp, but you have to deal with it. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know how you, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there then. Pretty wild. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, wow, folks! Now Told you know. You we could have made this a two-part ev- everything. episode. Everything. I, I, I guess so. I was like, okay, what are we gonna say? And, and I was like, okay, there's actually a lot of moving parts. Probably there was definitely a few places where we could have probably easily double-clicked into, yeah. but um, I'm sure this won't be the last time you're competing, and so this will probably come up, hopefully, with more exciting news of you moving on, and yeah. or maybe we'll do a cup tasters one. You know, that'll be fun. So, um, so yeah. There it is, folks. Little sneak peek, insider look into uh, U.S. Brewers Cup. Mm-hmm. Would you call that a championship? Championship. Uh, U.S. Brewers yeah, Cup. Yeah. yeah. U.S. Champs. Brewers Cup. Yeah. There it is, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Coffee Roaster Warm Sessions podcast, friends. As we always say, remember, reflect what's good. <laughs>